Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the third episode of the Overdue Podcast. My name is Austin. I'm Isar. And today we have with us Neil Carre. Uh, he studies computer science and economics at Urbana-Champaign. He plans to minor in psychology as well. He's curious about high-frequency trading and computational neuroscience. Outside of class, he spends most of his time taking pictures, building websites, exercise, exercising, socially, socializing, and as I can attest, as well as Isar, he does a whole lot more than that as well. Um, so let's just get right into it. Um, so, I mean, I think the big thing that we want to talk about first is what brought you to this campus? Um, what, what was go- like, what was the decision for that? What, what was, what, what went into that? Yeah. Um, well, it was really between five colleges. I mean, in high school, I, I, I was in an IB high school, which is international baccalaureate. Um, and I was pretty much deciding between the best five engineering colleges that I out of the ones I got into and it was the real reason that I chose U of I is because a their engineering program is good and b I have had lived in Illinois before I was in India so it was close to home uh, even though I sold my like my parents sold my house before they moved so there wasn't really I didn't put too much thought into it but I can definitely say that I feel like I've made the best decision in terms of choosing a college out of all of my friends. No shade to them, <laughs> but the the community here and the the like the vibrance of just the amount of people you run into is unparalleled in my opinion. Um, and of course, we have a great engineering program and a great computer science program, and I'm really really lucky to be here and be learning computer science from one of the best colleges in the world. Yeah, and just to add off that, Neil worked his ass off because I mean he was originally at Mackey, Mackey major, right. right? Which isn't isn't easy to get into, right? And then he works really hard freshman sophomore year, and then he transfers into CS, and CS is essentially what we're known for, and that that's probably our best thing, am right? I, am I wrong in saying that? I I I like to clarify that I transferred into CS plus econ, which is decidedly different than CS, but yeah. So you'd be right to say that still have to give I, I did the credit. For right. It There's right. no need to be humble. It's no, no. no well, well, I mean, I did apply to CS and I didn't get in. So yeah. it's, it's good to make a distinction over there. Um, and I mean, I don't really care though, whether it's CS Granger or CS LAS, as long as I get to take the classes I want, it's all the same. So yeah, yeah. I think that's an interesting point you made of like taking the classes you want because this flows into the next like big subject we want to talk about but when it comes to college the things we've learned the priorities we have um that was a big thing that i've tried to drill into my head is coming in here and when i'm actually taking my classes to do it for things that i'm actually interested in learning in rather than just getting a's and i think that's something that it's very common in high school to see that and then in college you see some people start to emphasize actually learning and obviously there's still some people that are just worried about their grades, worried about what they need to do, what they think they need to do to get that good job and always chasing that, um, chasing that next carrot, if you will. Um, I was just wondering, like, what are your thoughts on that? Is that a big thing that you've experienced a lot when it came to college of like re- recurring thoughts? Is it something you learned or? Yeah, well, so I, I, I do want to say that I still have no idea what I'm doing or what I want to do. Um, I know I spent the last two and a half years grinding to get a transfer into CS plus econ. And so I kind of had to push for the best grades possible because of the hard and fast requirement. I wasn't a huge fan of it, but 
it did teach me a lot about how to work under pressure and how to sometimes you just have to do things that you don't want to do and so it was a good learning experience um but now that i have a transfer i am pretty much doing the opposite of that where i'm just following my curiosity and making sure that what i do every day contributes positively to both my physical and mental health and that curiosity is the only thing that's driving my actions and so i don't spend more time than necessary in my classes or on my homework and by the way for people listening out there if you're a freshman don't take my advice i'm not this is in no way meant to be advice for you this is what's worked for me and i found that out after three years so it's but back to what i was talking about i love learning about just whatever it is right i i love being engaged with the world around me and I feel like college is the best place to do that because you can learn so many things there's so many interesting classes there's so many people you can talk to there's so many things you can build and clubs you can join and just explore and so that's really what I've been doing this semester I am taking a psychology class just because it interests me it's not counting towards any of my credit right now but maybe if I minor in psychology if I complete my minor in psychology then it'll uh it'll be beneficial but if not I'll have learned a lot from it and so I feel like that's the best approach to take in college once you have a certain degree of certainty about about your about how your time at college is going to end and what I mean by that is I know that I'm going to get a degree in computer science and economics which is why I have the liberty to take all these classes that I want and not everyone has that liberty and not everyone has that cushion or um security of a major behind their back right i didn't for the last two and a half years so it's important it was important for me to find that security first and then you know and then do all these things that i wanted to do from the first place um but i tailored my pursuit of whatever degree i was per- like I, i tailored the degree that i was pursuing to maximize the amount of sort of curiosity that that i could pursue while pursuing that degree so like i was very interested in computer science and i knew that and i was very interested in econ- economics and so i was like okay i'm just going to pursue this degree it's going to give me a the the security of having a degree and b i'm going to be able to learn the things that i want to learn from it as well and then once i have that then i can expand into s- stuff like psychology and take maybe french classes if i want to that are not directly contributing to my degree but i have something there and like it, it i mean that's not even necessary i i'm going to retract the previous statement i said you don't you don't re- you don't really need that security of a degree i do so instead of saying you i'm going to say i cuz i'm speaking for myself but yeah if you're if you're a freshman listening to this uh you don't know what to do don't worry no one does i don't um and i talk to a lot of seniors who are just about to graduate they don't either yeah i mean <clears throat> they say it all the time college is like your time just find your path you write it yourself what worked for neil is different from what's going to work for me what's going to work for austin what's going to work for anyone out there listening but you talked a little bit neil about like how you got to the point you are the major you're in and how now you focus more a little bit about on things that you you would wa- you would like to do later So let's talk a little bit about what you're involved with uh 
involved in here 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 at the U of I campus. So I know you mentioned Quant, so let's start with that. Um, so Neil's a part of Quant. I'm gonna let him explain that because you know that's that's his that's his cup of tea a little bit. Yeah. So I'm I'm Quant is a, one of the things that I'm a part of, um, and I'll talk about the rest in a bit. But Quant is essentially a quantitative finance RSO at U of I with the purpose of demystifying the high frequency trading space and removing the barriers of knowledge for people who are not familiar with what quant trading entails or what high frequency trading entails. And so, but we don't, we don't do this purely through instructional. We don't do this purely in an instructional manner. We, we, we take a more hands-on approach where we actually build stuff and we believe that building is the best way to learn. Um, but we also do have specifically instructional material online. And we're in the process of, for example, writing up a comprehensive guide to high-frequency trading, specifically from the point of view of a software engineer. And in the future, we're going to do that from the point of view of a trader as well, which there's a lot of overlap between those two, but... It's, it's good to have specialized POVs for, for each side. And so what I do at Quant this semester, we're building a stock exchange. So like the ones you'd see, um, the New York Stock Exchange or NASDAQ, for example. We're building a much smaller, obviously, version of that in C++. And our mission is to upload that on the internet, make it open source, and make a visualization tool for it so that people can actually interact with it and see how a stock exchange works and what the different components of it are. So it's, it's certainly, um, very, very interesting. I, I don't necessarily know if I want to go in the quant space in the future, but right now I'm very interested in low level programming and there's a lot of that in quant. So, um, very happy to be working on that. And in terms of the other things that I'm doing, I am involved with August Productions, which I co-founded with my friend Jack Stopka in uh, in my freshman year. We make short films and documentaries, and we're just about to release a documentary for the Hip Hop Collective next week, probably. So that's very exciting. Do, do we got the date of when it's dropping? We do not. Ooh, but a little mystery. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it it will it will reach you. Okay. So um, don't worry about that. We. And yeah, we're, we're also making a lot of other short films and just helping people get into the world of filmmaking, if, if you're into that. Um, I'm also involved, so I'm also trying to build a design symposium at U of I, which is going to be like the Entrepreneur Hub, but for people interested in the intersection of design and technology specifically. And I'm also helping the Fashion Network um, expand their content onto their website and help them. I'm also helping them make more video content. So involved with a lot of things this semester for sure. That, that's awesome. Like just doing so much like that is just a thing that flows in exactly what I want to talk about next is just that type of personality that you or that type of personality trait that you see so much here, um, which is kind of paradoxical as we were talking about a little bit earlier before the podcast of how like U of I, it's literally the middle cornfields, right? But you get such this vibrant entrepreneurial mindset and trait in so many people. 
Um, is that something that you see a lot here? And obviously, I would imagine you see in yourself as well. And why, why do you think that is? Is there, is there, what do you think would be the cause of that? I, so that's a very good question. Um, I have not been able to answer why people flock to U of I, um, people that are entrepreneurial in, in their personality flock to U of I in such large numbers. Um, but there's certainly a huge community of people here that are interested in building and just entrepreneurship in general, you know, bettering their lives, providing value to other people. And there's a lot of deep thinkers for sure as well over here. I, I do feel like it's, there has to be a, one of the reasons has to be um, just how U of I has been in the past. There's been a lot of founders that have graduated from U of I and like a notable example is Mark Andreessen who founded Mosaic, which is the first web browser. Um, the co-founders of YouTube also went to U of I. Um, a lot of people working at PayPal in the early days also went to U of I. And so it, for some reason, the university has cultivated this sort of group of people. Like, like it's, it's cultivated a, I can't even call it a school of thought, but it's it's like a culture essentially of people that are interested in building things, and um, I'm still trying to figure out why that is because there's really nothing to do here apart from meet other people and build find your own ways to get involved. So it's it's a very interesting question yeah. for sure. I think uh, just to piggyback piggyback off that a little bit, I think. I think that the majority of people who have that entrepreneurial trait don't, I could be wrong. You could tell me if you like disagree with me to an extent on this. I think the majority of those people don't discover it until they get here. I feel like, especially for me, I knew that I like love to work hard. I'm interested in a lot of things, but I wouldn't have necessarily said I had that entrepreneurial head on my shoulders like before I came here. But now something about maybe the culture here i don't know exactly what it would be it could be the people it could be just the fact that i'm so far away from everything else i have so much more time to think more responsibility it could be all of that but i think what i think i've discovered it when i came here you know what i mean right yeah i i i just think you know maybe it's just a byproduct of college the environment that you know <laughs> the college environment where there's a bunch of people working it's almost there's there's no other community like the college community because it's like 50,000 people in a very small area and you can so you can always see what other people are doing and that has to have a, an impact on your mind subconsciously and so uh there's i mean if you if you're given if if you take any population across any university campus i'm sure there's there's going to be a fair share of entrepreneurial minded people. Um, and so I think with U of I, what's happened is that there was, um, it, it's basically, I feel, I don't know. It's, it's like a cascading <coughs> chain of effects where if one person does something like five others are inspired by that person and then they do something and then it just basically grows from there. And I feel like, that happens at U of I more organically than other universities because we're so focused on people here because people are all you have to, um, like that's the only thing that you can do outside of classes here. There's no city life. There's nothing to, 
there's there's cornfields outside of campus. Yeah. So um, there's people, golf. yeah, there's <laughs> golf, yeah, for sure, um, and cams, and I mean cams is also a part of like people. Yeah. It's it's. And if you uh, would would like to find out a little bit more about the local treasures in your area, check out the new app that just dropped, Galleon. A, l- a oh, little yeah. plug for that, real quick. Shout out to Rowan Irani yeah. and Evan. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. Sir. And uh, um, Jack Munn, right? Perhaps. Yes, yeah, I believe yeah. so. I think that, I think that's the third, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. Um, all due respect to all of them. They're they're awesome people. Like right. again, they all have that entrepreneurial. Oh, it's a wonderful mindset. app. Yeah. Like I I see myself using it long term. Yeah, I no, I genuinely do as well. And that's like not even me just saying that because I'm on like some sort. I I was on it today. I I found myself going on it a few times just to just to go on it, you know. Yeah. Which I wasn't going on it. Oh, like oh, I got to support. Like I was actually going on it yeah. to just go on the app. Right, which, and it that also speaks to how little there is to do here, or how little there is on the surface to do here, because no one, everyone has that question of what do I do here apart from cams and like basketball games. And hell, I, I can't even think of anything else. Uh, honestly, <laughs> exactly. it's, it's like people just know Green Street. There's like five restaurants, two bars, and then the Arc. Right. And then sports. And yeah, like I live at the Arc. Like that's like besides other stuff. Like I mean, besides the Arc, there's really not much like for uh, that I really enjoy doing like that much besides stuff like this. Yeah, which I, you have to like create you, which, you know. I and it took me 3 two and a half years to realize that honestly cuz for the first 2 years I was trying actively to look for things to do and every single one of them involved drinking in some way or the other. The Greek life is a huge part of uh social life here and alcohol most certainly is. So I was I was basically trapped in this uh, feedback loop where I would go out and all I would see on everyone's Instagram or Snapchat or even in person would just be people having a fun time partying. And so there's parties you can go to, but I was looking for something more. I was like, I want to do interesting stuff and parties are not they're interesting if you observe them from like a an outsider's perspective, but then you're weird. Like you don't go to parties and observe. That's not <laughs> yeah, what you that's do. Not a thing. Wait, wait, you guys don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So um that's why I tried to like create my own fun. I literally the way I met one of my friends was I posted on Instagram, Does anyone want to play spike ball tonight? And I bought a spike ball set and we went to the quad and like two people showed up. And so both of them are my friends now. But I was looking for stuff to do for the last two and a half years and I was looking in the wrong places, honestly. And these things are hard to find. Like you really need to look for, well, with the Siebel Center for Design, I feel like it's the, it's, it's making it much easier. Like this building is so interesting because it just hosts a bunch of events that are so distinct from everything else you find around the university and the building is created with the with the sole purpose of being like an RSO hub and so all these RSOs just converge here and host events and they you know post them on social media so it's this place is actually making it easier for people to find stuff so if you're if you're unsure of what to do just show up at SCD and you'll find something to do but I didn't there was no SCD in my freshman year my freshman year is doing COVID so 
it was really hard to find things to do. And I feel like if I want, if I've, if someone asks me what my biggest takeaway from college or my biggest contribution to the college community was, I want it to be that I created a place where people are able to build and do what they want to do outside of class and remove like this sort of mystery around it. Like I, I want, I want there to be a place on campus where people can just come and kind of like, kind of like the, um, the jam sessions, but in a bigger way, but it's, it's, that's hard to do. I don't know if that can be done organically. That's still something I'm thinking about, but it's certainly like when, when people find the right, when people find the right people to be around and the right things to do, their energy is just like, it just increases exponentially. And yeah, I mean, that energy is contagious. Right. Literally. That's the best way to put it. I think. Yeah. And then I liked what you said with like people around the right people. I don't even think there's like a, like extension of that right if you're surrounded by the right people if you're just fun people you'll have a fun time <laughs> you know what i mean because there's always something to do if you look for it right you know? and whether it's like just you know if you have to wait like 30 minutes before a podcast and you're just freestyling because you got nothing to do you know it's something to do because it's just fun people making some making a fun time right you know? and i think that's the biggest thing that i've that's probably the biggest thing i've learned here personally is if you want to have like a fun night you have to think of some good ideas for stuff um whether it's starting a podcast or doing things that you enjoy but could also help you out in the long run when it comes to skills and everything like that i think that'd probably be the biggest thing that i learned here uh, as just like a pivot from whatever um but yeah that's been like the recurring thought that's been in my head totally yeah um i mean at the end of the day it comes down to how curious you you are about stuff um, there's people that are completely satisfied with just going out every day and not really doing anything apart from their homework and partying. And I guess that, you know, suit yourself, right? But for people like me and you, there's so much more that we want to do and we kind of have to build that for ourselves as well. But I really want to help the people that have the curiosity and uh, interest to do all these things but don't necessarily know where to start. So, um, it's always been a goal of mine to like find people and expand the network effect in terms of just like matching. There's just something really beautiful about matching two people that are so very compatible with, with each other together and putting them in the same room and see what they can do or come up with. Um, so. Yeah, I say, I say that I think that's really important because if you think about it, there's I'm sure there's a lot of people that have that mindset that they want to start something or they want to do something, but it's it can also be a little intimidating, especially on a campus of the size of U of I. What are we like fifty thousand kids on on a campus? So it's pretty intimidating. Then a lot of people don't know where to start. Um, so yeah, Neil, like you were saying, just like if you could come up with something just to help them, I think that's really powerful. Yeah, and then I think uh, just to piggyback off that is. A lot of those opportunities are out there here. And for the first half of my first semester, I just wasn't, or maybe I was aware of them, but because I didn't know anyone that was in it, I didn't know anyone that had been exposed to it. I just saw it as a poster on a wall, you know, which obviously those can be really enticing, but if you're not someone that's willing to actually put yourself in that position to try something new, 
it could be pretty you might find yourself um, laying ignorant to all of it just because it's obviously self-imposed but there's other things that like once you start actually oh you know what i'll go what's the worst that happens like you know they like scream at me and i leave like so what i forget about it in like in an hour or whatever yeah the the best the best way to the best way to have fun at college and to get the most out of your time is to literally show up at events and if you're when in doubt go like always have a bias for action and we were talking about this earlier as well but if you see an event that you maybe want to go to just go for it it doesn't matter you don't you have no idea who you're going to meet there you have no idea how interesting it's going to be it can be so much more than what's advertised on the poster or maybe even the opposite way it can be it can be horrible it can be a total waste of your time but there's no way to know unless you actually go and it's always better to have showed up to an event and tried and failed than to not have done it at all because then you're just going to regret it for the rest of your time and like four years later when you're thinking back and you'll be like i had like 10 of these opportunities that i could have showed up to but i didn't and now i'm in the same position as i was earlier and um that's totally on me you know yeah i uh that, yeah, like with what you said about actually just like just showing up, you know, like that's the biggest thing. And once you show up once, it could be a terrible time, right? But you showed up and then that starts to build a trend of showing up to things that and maybe you show up and let's say the per- let's say it's terrible, right? Or it's not what you thought it was. But maybe there's someone else that like you're like, "Hey man, like um like uh is this like the entrance tier or whatever?" He's like, "Yeah, cool." Then you start talking to him and then like, "Yeah, like this is what I thought it was going to be either." But you meet you meet the person, right? And then maybe because you're not interested in that, maybe you're both interested in something else. Or maybe he's like, "Oh, I was gonna go to this tomorrow. Like, would you want to come?" And then it's just it's just this domino effect of you meet someone, then you get exposed to this. It's just that's the biggest thing about it is get you out, get yourself out there a little bit, and then if you're open to it, it'll just exponentiate after that. The domino effect is real when yeah. talking about people. It's you meet one person, and that person knows five other people, and so you meet six people, and recursively you meet maybe 50 people in the same night and the fun the fun story about how i met austin is because so i decided to go on a walk with one of my friends from quant and i wasn't feeling particularly good that day so i was thinking about whether or not i should go and i decided i'm just gonna go anyway it doesn't matter i need to be my best self to go for a walk with a friend so we went for a walk and we were walking around we went to the business instructional facility, BIF. And Sam was like, okay, let's just go to the atrium. I want to see what the whole space looks like. Let's see if there's any people we, we can, we, we know, or I don't even think he said that. He just said, let's go there because it's an interesting building. So we went there and we saw Luke Clancy on the table and Sam and I were talking about what friendship means. Um, and we had a 30 minute conversation about what friendship means and Luke overheard us and Luke was like, Hey, you know what? I host events like these, you know, every, every week where we talk about stuff exactly like this, you should come. And so I went there and that's where I met Austin. And so now I have two more friends, right? That's this. None of this would have been, would have happened if I had chosen to stay home that day. Cause I wasn't feeling well. And obviously if you're like sick, if you have COVID, don't, don't, don't go out. Like that's what I'm saying. But basically whenever there's like a shadow of doubt and you're like on the edge between, 
deciding whether or not you should show up to something, just show up to something and you have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. <clears throat> I've talked to so many upperclassmen like through my freshman year so far. And like the one thing all of them have told me is take every, opp- every opportunity you can get. It, the worst can worse, like Austin and Neil said, the worst thing that's going to happen is you hate it. You'd never go to a second meeting again, but you would never know if you'd never go to that first one. So, I mean, just jumping at every opportunity you can because you never know what that opportunity is going to spark. Like Austin said, maybe it sparks a new <clears throat> friendship or idea or whatever, but it could just spark so many things. Yeah, and then just to reiterate over a thought we had earlier with the amount of quantity of people you reach, also you'll get to a point where it'll, it'll be quality just because you'll get someone who's on the same page with you of your interest. For example, like the, the story, like I was talking to some kid about Andrew Huberman, who we're actually going to talk about in a little bit. Um, we were talking about Andrew Huberman, and we were talking about, I was explaining how I learned this thing about thermal reg, um, thermal regulation when it comes to core body temperature and why I prefer to go in the sauna at night rather than in the middle of my day, for example. I was trying to like um, remember the science behind it and everything like that. Um, but I was explaining it to one of my friends, and then Luke had overheard me in a similar way um, as you, and he was like, like, asked me some questions about it. We started talking about it, and he was like, you know, like, well, actually, as we were walking out, and this is an example of me taking an opportunity, right, or me, me, uh, I guess you could say kind of like being a little vulnerable of like, like, well, you'll, you'll know what I mean when I say it. But I was like, hey, man, honestly, like, I don't know many people at the school that are interested in those same type of things. I mean, like, can I grab your number real quick? Um, you know, just you never know where, it can, where it's going to go. Yeah, just cause totally. It, it would been hard for me to find people that were, like, truly interested in, like, Andrew Huberman like me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that, that's my guy. Oh, right? you'd be surprised, though. Yeah. There's so many if you find the right people. Uh, but he's like, yeah, he's actually, I, like, you stumbled across, like, a golden nugget, uh, like, UIUC, uh, if that's what you're interested in, because I was in the same boat as you freshman, my freshman year, so I, what I did was I wrote down the names of people over time, and then I would invite them over to my apartment, um, to facilitate those type of discussions. I was like, damn, bro, like, that's awesome, like, that's exactly what I had been searching for, uh, maybe not knowing it, but just to be surrounded by those people that were interested in those same themes, um, and then, yeah, I go, first time I'm like, I don't even know what I'm walking into, man. It's like, I had met Luke once, um, but I didn't know who else was going to be there. I, I just had no idea what I was walking to. No, I just like walked into an apartment, went to the door and I was like, all right, cool. I guess, you know, full scent, whatever. Um, but it was, it was awesome. I met, I met some great people there and people that have great heads on their shoulders, people that have great priorities, um, or at least ones that align with me, right. In a lot of areas. Um, and those, like, again, when I said qu- quality over quantity, um, not, no, not like, no diss on any, any, any person, right? But for me personally, it's, I enjoy talking to people that have values that are aligned with mine more. Yeah. And that's what I would refer to when I say quality, right? Yeah. Um, and there's when I found, where I found in, like, what I'm defining as the most quality people, that's where I found the most quality people. Right. Yeah, totally. Uh, totally agree with you on everything you said there. I just feel like Luke's managed to build such a nice community of people and it's curated. Like let's not let's not make any mistake about that. He's it's not a random community. He's chosen the type of people he wants to be there, but he's basically him by himself built his own friend circle and he's put a lot of thought and effort into it and I like that because I feel like a lot of friendships evolve almost naturally or you know, in your childhood, your best friends are people who you go to school with together 
or so basically it's a lot by proximity and even at college it's a similar thing where most friendships start during freshman year because people live in the same dorms together and <coughs> then they go through college through the same friend group and then expand kind of naturally over there but i feel like for me the strongest friendships are those that are based on as you said um core values right if if our core values align and i guess if we have a similar sense of humor then we can be good friends and those friendships tend to last much much longer than the friendships that are born out of proximity and that's not to say that there's no value in friendships that are born out of proximity but putting time and effort into your friendships is and any other relationship obviously is um also something that i think everyone should also pay attention to and yeah yeah um that's it we've got we've talked a lot of talked about a lot but i want to switch gears into like kind of our last segment so we we're going to talk a little bit about quality of life and like psychology and all that and huberman coffee and you were going to talk a little bit about sleep so let's just get right into it starting with huberman um austin if you want to say anything about that and then neil you can go into that uh, he's the goat like what can i say <laughs> yeah, like absolute absolute giga chad he's yeah. a definition <laughs> of of chad like yes yes a yeah. dictionary definition Sigma. but um Actually, before we talk in, like about what, for example, actually, no, it's better to talk about what he does before we talking about like what you were planning on doing. Right. Um, yeah, so, yeah, Andrew Huberman, just give a bird's eye view of who he is as an individual. Um, we won't get into the story, but he's got a great story. I look it up. Um, but basically, he's a neuroscientist and ophthalmologist at Stanford School of Medicine, as his Andrew, Hu- Andrew Huberman lab intro goes. Um, but yeah, great, great dude, and is prioritized around bringing oh what's the line uh like whatever information the what's the line science-based yeah, information i think it's just like science-based yeah. information science-based actionable life. insights essentially yeah, yeah yeah um but basically applicable biology that you can use to improve your psychology right oh that's a, that's a great way to put it actually yeah. <laughs> um i like how you also pronounced ophthalmology the way he does in his videos (laughs) for some reason that always gets me i'm like why do you pronounce it that way but yeah he's a great guy um i'm curious to know what your story is of how you discovered huberman oh yeah andrew huberman okay bro i just get so excited talking about yeah um basically let me think i'm driving home from school one day i would I was in this like crazy like productivity productivity maximize time you know so I was like why am I listening to music I should, I should listen to podcasts so I just like oh Joe Rogan I'm like hey who we got here neuroscientist I'm like that's kind of cool I like psychology you know I'll give it a shot uh play it and this dude starts talking to like thermoregulation and like certain like nutritional stuff and I'm like whoa this is like cool bro like like this is like what I was looking for when it came to like motivational like philosophy in a way except it's backed by actionable things that can essentially help me. This is like the line like uh, Jacob used on recess, but it's like using biology to work in conjunction with imp- like with helping you reach your goals. Right. Right. Um, and I was like, whoa, I'm like, this is like awesome. Cause this is what I've been looking for with like goal cast. This is what I was looking. I've been on this trend of like finding motivation in places. Right. But what if I could just help aid myself in like the circuits that, regulate that motivation to help like okay this is actually a good story yeah i I think it's also important to note that he's not a motivational speaker he's literally a lecturer like he will tell you 
only science-based information in this podcast and there is no fluff. Yeah, and it's like indirect motivation though, which right. is awesome. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's derived because, motivation. Right? Yes, yeah, which is incredible. I don't know. I don't really know many other people that will do that where they'll give you facts and then you're motivated. By no one else. <laughs> no one else. I have yeah. not seen anyone else do that. But actually, this is probably... Well, no. I, wait. Oh, this is when I first watched his Huberman Lab podcast. Um, in Wisconsin, just it's late at night, you know, when you get those like motivational spikes. I like watched a, like the dopamine episode by him, and I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, bro. I messaged my friend Jack. I'm like, ah, I'm like, bro. I'm like, hear me out. Okay, I could just be tripping. It could just be late at night, but I think I just watched this thing that changed my life, and I'm like, but I'll let you know in a week because like you know you never. You know, it right. could just be a you know high. But then a week came and I'm like, bro, this is some, this is real stuff. You know what I mean? And then a week later, a week later. And then over time, I just built that foundation of knowledge that just helped me regulate my circuits in a lot of ways. Um, I phrase that a little whatever. Right. No. Yeah. yeah it helped help me work on improving upon like my everyday practices so that I can help get myself in a better mindset and not relying solely on self, like using my self-discipline to do the actions that will help me to prevent using my self-discipline when I'm in a messed up state. You know what I mean? Mm, using yeah. the self-discipline to get in a good state rather than using the self-discipline to get stuff done when you're in a bad state. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. I, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, the, the, your, your story of how you got into Huberman is kind of almost happened by, I mean, you were looking for a motivational speaker and you found Huberman, right? I, for me, it was kind of the, I don't think there's an opposite to that, but it was a very different way. I developed insomnia last year in around July um, because I drank too much and I don't drink anymore. So um, life lesson, do not drink. But I know I'm not going to, I'm not going to make <laughs> statements for other people, but. Hats off to that though. It's good. Anything, getting over anything like that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It it's was, awesome. it was, it was crazy. It was the worst six months of my life. I do not recommend this to anyone. Um, yeah, insomnia is horrible. But I was basically looking for what... I was trying to understand what my condition was because the first couple of months, I could not... I, I could not figure out what was happening to me or why I couldn't sleep. And I was watching his episode with Dr. Matt Walker on sleep. And it was just so revolutionary because he talked about... He talked about basically what the different kinds of insomnia constituted of and the science behind what is going on. And he talked about it in a way that anyone could understand. Like if I were in like seventh grade, I could understand what he was talking about because whenever, he, you know, whenever he uses words like neuromodulators or dopamine or catecholamines, he explains exactly what those mean like five times throughout the episode so that if you missed it the first time, you, you'll know it the second time. If you missed it the second time, you'll know it the third time. And he assumes he assumes zero knowledge but infinite intelligence. And I love that. Which is why his videos are so easy to understand, but they stick with you so much. Because everything is based on off of off of off of science in a way that you can understand. But essentially, I watched this episode with Dr. Matt Walker, got some actionable insights about sleep from there. But what I, the the biggest takeaway for, for me from that episode was 
this process called cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia, which is a specialized type of psychotherapy to, to treat insomnia. And Matt Walker recommended that that be the first line of treatment for anyone seeking help w- with insomnia. And so I did that. And within five weeks of treatment, so an hour every single week, within five weeks of treatment, I was completely better. I was going, I went from four hours of sleep every night to eight hours of sleep and I never felt better. And I was like, that is insane. I'm going to watch more Huberman videos because that literally changed my life around. Even though he didn't do it directly, that changed my life around. And then I watched this video about dopamine and then I watched this video about caffeine and in every video, there were recurring themes. One was sunlight is important and two, sleep is important. And so I thought, I have never been prior, I never prioritized my sleep in the 20 years that I've been alive. Let's see what happens if I do it now. Like I'm going to wake up at the same time every day and go to bed at the same time every day. What's going to happen? Tried that for three weeks and I was feeling like light years better than I've ever felt before. And it was so, so nice to know that there's someone out there who, I mean, if you look at Huberman, he's, he's, he never wants to take the spotlight. Like he, he'll always say, thank you for your interest in science. Whenever someone tweets at him on Twitter, he'll never accept people's, um, you know, compliments towards him, but you can see that he cares so much about humanity and it's wonderful to see that there's someone out there who's putting content up on YouTube free to everyone. He spent probably like 10 or 15 years learning that stuff. He, he's putting it out there for free for people to learn on demand. And this is stuff that can change people's lives. And that's, that's just so inspiring to me. And then I dug deeper into him and found out about what he's been through as a kid. And I mean, like that's, it's just insane too. You want to explain it real quick because I don't think I don't think Isar knows. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> so he basically, um, I mean, I would recommend you watch his video, but just to give you a quick rundown, he basically had a really bad childhood where his parents went through a divorce and his mother did not cope well with the divorce, and he got into, um, so he, he 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 basically got into the skater community a lot, and. Um, his friends, he, he saw his friends, you know, doing drugs, alcohol, getting their girlfriends pregnant, dying, all of that at like a very young age. He was not doing well in school, dropped out of school. Well, they kicked him out of school, actually. Put him in kind of like a foster care slash rehab slash prison for um, minors for like six months. So he was, he went through a really bad time and I'm sure that does, did not come at like a zero cost psychologically, right? So he that's he went through that. He, he talked about how he was very violent. He had basically one friend that was his girlfriend that was with him all the time. And he would beat up the people who, he would beat up guys that he saw walk into her parties for no reason. And he was basically just a mess. And then that person, right? If you If you look at that person, you would never think that Huberman was that person if you look at him right now. And I was so surprised to find that out. And so just the the fact that he changed his life around so much, like a complete 180 turn, is the most inspiring thing to me. And, you know, if it, it's, it's just one of those things where if, if that person can do it, then you can do it. 
Yeah, I, I, no, he's a, he's a role model. I mean, simply put like that. Right. And and not only obviously if you're someone that's very interested in science, but just any kid, you know what I mean? Right. Um, but I, I, I know that that's his goal. He might not say it like really. That's the byproduct that he would like is to inspire people. Um, but a big thing that you t- hinted on there or like touched on implicitly was like the power of belief when it comes to, that's the biggest thing that when I've thought about, well, hey, why does this like neuroscience stuff, like why does it speak so much to me, right? right? And I think it goes back to something I actually learned from Huberman, which is about cognitively appraising why something works for it. When I give an example, it makes more sense, right? For example, before I go in a cold shower, I'll tell myself, okay, you're gonna get a dopamine and epinephrine spike for up to three, hour, three to four hours, obviously if it's cold enough, other variables too, right? But me repeating that to myself, me repeating to myself that I'm going to get that benefit helps helps me greatly in reinforcing my motivation to do it, right? So then that goes to everything that he teaches you about, right? If you understand that you being on an actually good sleep schedule will help regulate your cortisol levels better, sunlight will help regulate your cortisol levels better. Uh, I don't know all of them off the top of my head, and I obviously don't want to spread any misinformation. But if you truly believe that all of if you Huberman is an incredibly trustable source when it comes to that information, right? right? It's because he cites all the sources yes, in every single yes. video. So you believe it, right? And even if it's not, it's not, it's true, right? But even if it was false, just the fact that you believe it helps reinforce it so much. You know what I mean? Yeah. The placebo is an incredibly real thing, and realistically, I mean, they've done these studies. I like I, you probably have heard about this, where if someone's on, if you tell someone they're on steroids, but they're not on steroids, right? they'll get more benefits right? just because they believe they're on steroids, right. right? So that's been a recurring thought of mine of that's why this stuff sits so well with me because I believe it because it's proven. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. And that's what helps motivate me to um, put myself in those positions. That helps me go, like, you know, turn all my lights off at 1130 at night because I know that I'm going to be getting those benefits. It's not just because some motivational speakers tell me, no knock on any of them, they all have good intentions, but because I know it actually does something, mm-hmm. you know, right. and that's why, especially someone like me, I think very like algorithmically. Right. I think I love having proof about things yeah. and I think like really logically and all that type of stuff. Um, so for something like this, when it comes to like my everyday practices to have proof and that type of stuff really helps reinforce why I should do it. Yeah. I think though that it's easier to believe you know, stuff like what Huberman talks about, neuroscience and psychology and everything that's based in science. And we're, they've, they've done like tons of experiments on people. They have concrete data. It's easier to believe that stuff because you can see why it's true. But belief is still important when you can't see the actual reason as to why it's true. And exactly. this applies to things in, in life such as, like for example, if you want to go and talk to a girl... There is nothing that's going to tell you that you have what it takes to go and talk to someone confidently. That's just something that you need to believe. And that's something that I've like believing in things without having concrete proof. And this is an entire diff- different topic that yeah, we could take so warns, many directions. Yeah, if we that really warrants its own podcast to. with yeah. like the talk about God and whatnot, right? But believing in something that you don't have as concrete of evidence about is a very important um, thing to do. You almost need to like, you almost need to 
in your mind set this framework where you're convincing yourself that you are at the position that you want to be and therefore you believe that you have what it takes and you know i know this doesn't make a lot of sense but essentially the way confidence is portrayed is by convincing yourself that so for example if i'm if i'm going to if i'm trying to talk in front of like a large audience and i want to seem confident the way i'm going to do that is by lying to myself literally by telling myself that everyone over here is like a friend of mine maybe or that everyone here already respects me or that i have nothing to lose even though i might have a lot to lose it's by lying to myself that i'm able to basically just convince myself that i'm at a position where i want to be and i want to be in a position where i have nothing to lose i want to be in a position where everyone respects me i want to be in a position where most people over there are my friends and so that's what I'm telling myself. And then I can go there and, you know, kind of stop sweating, maybe do some of the Huberman breathing techniques. Um, nasal. <laughs> nasal breathing, yeah, yeah. What's it called? Like the, the physiological all, sigh? Yes, yeah. you breathe through your nose twice or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Bro, we're such nerds. So. <laughs> no, honestly, it's it's crazy. But see, but this is what curiosity does. Like you, you learn so much information just by being curious about stuff. But yeah, um, you, you basically need to believe in things sometimes even without having proof and that's going to do wonders to you yeah i think i think that's a great place to end it honestly um I, we had a great discussion thanks so much for coming on neil um yeah for sure thanks for having me yeah stay tuned for his 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 little his little short film coming out next week hopefully right i'm gonna launch my own podcast bro <laughs> <laughs> bro he's gonna we gotta we need more competition uh, hey recess uh surface tension watch out yeah. there's, there's a free market one. bro free there's market a, there's another one coming out but uh thanks so much neil for coming on and uh we'll see you guys next week yeah thank you <laughs>